Aiming for the Moon. I am Taylor Bledsoe. And I'm Maddie Henry. And on this podcast, we interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. That's right. Today, we'll be interviewing Eric Newsom, who is the co-founder of Magnificent Noise, author of Make Noise, and has been a podcasting guru that has helped with tons of different podcasts and made them very successful. He has worked with Audible and other top clients. So here's the interview. Welcome, Mr. Newsom, to the interview. It's great to have you on. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Awesome. So you are the co-founder of Magnificent Noise. You have worked with Audible and you have worked with NPR. And you are also an author. You're one of like the most successful podcasters. You've helped tons of different companies start their podcast and make really successful podcasts. So it's really incredible that we get to have you on. Well, thank you. That's a very generous thing to say. Um, I, I There are lots of very smart people in podcasting. I just happen to have had a run of good luck with things. Yes. Yeah, it's awesome having you on. So how did you get into podcasting in the first place? Um, I was in radio broadcasting for a number of years and really enjoyed that. And when podcasting emerged around 2004, 2005, it solved a lot of problems that people in, in radio had, basically that you could only reach people in the range of a radio signal. And you could only reach people at a certain time. If your program aired at one o'clock on Fridays, if someone didn't have the radio on, they couldn't hear it. And podcasting solved both those. And then over time, it became apparent that uh, that podcasting had lots of other opportunities too. So it's just, it ended up being kind of a fun, um, fun way to uh, explore what you could do with audio. So why did you decide to write a book? Why didn't you do like a YouTube tutorial? Because that kind of correlates more with podcasting. Why did you specifically decide to write like a paper copy of a book? Um, Well, you know, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that before. I think that uh, um, the the answer to that question is, is I've been a writer for many, many years, in addition to working in, in broadcasting. And I tend to make sense of the world through writing writing it down and writing takes, you know, picking word. It seems simple to just pick words and put them down in an idea, but you really, it is a challenge to create um, words that convey an idea or describe a feeling with um, that someone else who's reading it will understand. And that seems so simple and it's actually not. And but I've, through the struggle of finding the right words to describe ideas, and ideas are very hard to describe. Um, I, I, I force myself to really think about what the idea is and think about what words make sense. And that's how I teach myself what it is, is by writing it down. And so that's been like, ever since I was a child, that's been a way I've made sense of the world is by writing it down. And so when I decided to write the book, it was really because I was having many, many, many conversations where I was saying many of the same things over and over again. And I would teach workshops to people, and I would say often the same things over and over again. And I'm like, well, you know, the, if I'm saying something over and over and over again, that means there are lots of people that are interested in hearing it or need to hear it. And by writing it down, it it 
not only makes me understand it better, but it conveys it to other people as well. Yes, as someone who loves to write, a lot of the ideas that I have and I want to write about make complete sense to me. So it's a great accomplishment that you made a book that is connected with so many people. So congratulations. So when many people start a podcast, I feel like their main thing that they're looking for is a step-by-step kind of how to get an RSS feed or what's the best site to edit my audio. So why did you choose to write about the audio storytelling side in kind of a story form instead of pod inside of podcasting, instead of the more technological side and step-by-step? Because as soon as the book came out, it would probably be out of date. Um, Technology changes, but the concepts around audio storytelling don't. The, the, what I learned was good audio storytelling when I was young are the same things that they are today. They're on different platforms. They, they, they express themselves in different ways, sometimes different length, different tone or whatever. But what makes a good story hasn't, hasn't changed since people were telling stories around fires, right? And so that's really kind of what I wanted to shoot for was, so a couple of years ago, I tried to learn how to use uh, cameras, like, you know, like a big DSLR camera. But I didn't know anything. And I found it very intimidating. And I found a couple books on how to take good photographs and how to use light, how to compose photographs um, that really I loved because they taught all the principles behind how to do this. And um, I noticed that a number of them had written been written in the 70s and 80s, the ones that I really liked, way before digital cameras were even invented way before a lot of the technology that we have to manipulate images uh, happened. So um, I like, I can write an audio version of those books where these are really focused on principles that won't change. Whereas how you create an RSS feed or how you post something in Apple Podcasts or how you get your podcast listed in Spotify or what microphones to use or what, what specs to use to record, all that changes, and it changes very rapidly. And a book is not really the right format for that. Um, Like uh, a website would be the right format for that. A YouTube video would be the right format for that, but not a book. That's really cool. That's a great point, how technology, it's crazy from like 10 years ago, the technology that we have, and then now, and you're so right. Um, Yeah, so when, when I wrote that book, Um, There were 400,000 podcasts available in the world when I started writing that book. When I finished writing that book, there were 650,000. When it came out, there was 850,000. And today there are 1.7 million. So even in the course of writing that book, that one number, which is so impressive at any of those stages, it's impressive. But it, it, it changed rapidly. We couldn't keep up with it. Right. Every time we would put out a press release or update the book jacket or whatever, that number kept changing. That's the one stat in the in the whole book because it's on the cover of the book and it's completely outdated. Yeah, that's it's crazy. So, like you said, podcasts are growing and growing every day. So, what advice would you have for someone who may want to start a podcast and don't really know how? I would say, don't worry about like um, having a expensive microphone or expensive recording equipment or editing equipment, you can find many of the tools to make a podcast are very inexpensive. 
In fact, I know some people who record into their phones or into a computer microphone, and it works fine. Um, that's not what I would recommend, but you know, for less than a hundred dollars, you can be a really good sounding podcaster. So forget about investing a lot of money. Where you should be investing is not your money, but your time, and your time into really asking yourself some very basic questions, like. Who are you trying to reach with this podcast? Who is that person? So, like, give them a name, find a picture to represent that person, and 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 speak to that person. Right? You're obviously going to speak to a lot of people, but the clearer idea you have of who's on the other end, the better you're going to be at talking to that person. And the other thing that's really important for people who are just kind of even casually thinking, "Wow, I might want to have a podcast," is to ask yourself what seems like a ridiculous question which is what do you actually want to say? What's, what's, what's your theme? What's, what's, what's your message? What's the idea that you think is so important that you're willing to invest your time and energy into putting this podcast out? And if it can be, it can be as simple as, you know, uh, with the pandemic, people can't be together. So I want to create something to help pe- people feel less alone. No. Um, it can be yes. that I, w- I want to help people laugh. I want to teach, tell people why knitting is a great hobby. I want to tell people why the Second World War teaches us a lot about today. I want to th- I want to um, make a podcast that shows why the pencil is such an enduring piece of technology, even though it's been updated for a hundred years, right? So, so like those having a clear idea of who you're speaking to and what your message is, I think, is more important than anything else. It's more important than what software you use, what microphone you use, how often you put it out, how long it is. All those things come from those first two questions. That's great advice. From Taylor and I, we started our podcast over the summer. And yes, it was, it was, we tried to, we, we didn't really focus more on our content. We also, the mics were kind of a big stress and everything. So that would be great advice that I completely agree with is focus on the content more than what you use to edit your audio or your microphone. So that's great. Right. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree. It seems very similar to what a lot of people give to business people, like young entrepreneurs or startups. And it's basically like focus on your customer and try to figure out who that is so you can market to them, so you can sell your product to them. It's interesting how that's kind of um, similar advice for really starting anything, honestly. Right. So what do you think the future of podcasting is and how can podcasters be prepared? Do you think it's going to like kind of edge out modern media in the way that maybe people aren't going to, well, obviously people don't always watch the news on TV anyway. Do you think podcasting is going to be more of like a news source and kind of like YouTube if it isn't already? Um, Well, I I don't know what the future is if it is. And I couldn't, I I wouldn't pretend to know what it is. Um, I do think that the signs point to that got the lines between different type of spoken word content. I mean, you have podcasts, radio broadcasts, audio books, um, speeches, live events, so on and so forth. All these different things are going to kind of morph into being, the lines will be far less, uh, far less clear. And, 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 and I don't think consumers care what the difference is between an audio book and a podcast or a radio show and a, and, and a podcast. I don't think they care. So I think it's, um, uh, uh, so I think it's something that will over time become that distinction will become less and less important. 
And I think you see that happening in other parts of the world, like in China, for example, their version of a podcast is very different than what our version of a podcast is. There are many podcasts there that are more like instructionals, uh, like how to learn how to do this thing, learn how to be a better negotiator, like self-help type things, um, instructional things. Like a lot of podcasts are, are very much focused on that. I, I think that may also, we may end up incorporating some of that too. That's that's really interesting. So it seems to be kind of different in every country, depending on where you live. So in the U.S., it's a lot people. It's entertainment a lot of times. It's news sometimes. It's educational. But I guess I didn't even realize that in China, it's kind of like um, how-to steps. Like I didn't even realize that. That's really fascinating, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the last two questions that we ask all of our guests. And so the first one is, what books have had an impact on you and why? What books have had an impact on me and why? Um, I think that, especially regarding my, uh, there's a book called Essentialism. Uh, it you know, makes a clear case for the importance of focus and the importance of clarity in what you're doing. And to fill your, it's focused mostly on your professional life, but to fill your life with the things that most closely, closely align with that sense of focus and the importance of sharing that focus with other people. And I, th- I think someone who read Essentialism and read my book would see the parallels. In fact, I quote him one or two times in there of how I've applied many of those same type of principles to audio making. Um, another book that I found very influential in how I, how I choose to conduct my life professionally and personally too is a book called Rest, R-E-S-T, which really clearly makes the case about um, the the importance of not grinding yourself in hundred hour weeks, and how that, that which is very much a part of startup culture, and um, that how how counterproductive that way of working is, and to work in a much more focused, disciplined way, which maximizes the use of a smaller number of hours, and it gives your brain time to do fun things or to decompress and rest is essential to uh, kind of unlocking your potential, where it's uh, it's counterintuitive to think that if you actually work less, you can accomplish more. And um, I've struggled to find ways to work that into my life, but I think it's very influential on me. Um, and then I would also add a novel into that too. Um, there's a novel called Geek Love by a woman named Catherine Dunn, which I read it when I was when I was probably just out of college is one of the first novels I read for fun rather than because I had to and for school. And it kind of, it's such an amazing piece of storytelling. Uh, The story is so bizarre and weird and wild and yet relatable and emotional. And you're kind of get so drawn deeply into it. It kind of really taught me the power of writing in a way that I, um, didn't appreciate uh, until that point. And so I, those are the three I would say. That's really interesting. I think once you discover good novels in general, that really finds, that really gets you interested in writing and reading in general. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely relate to that. And essentialism, in fact, we'll be in, um, we're talking to that um, author and I think we may be interviewing him. He'll be oh, really? Authors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Scott he's, something he's is his name. Yeah. So our last question is, what advice do you have for teenagers? Uh, what advice do I have for teenagers? Um, 
my advice is uh, to realize as quickly as possible the joy that comes from not being the smartest person in the room and to put yourself in the position of learning from others. I wasted, I had, I was very fortunate when I was a young man to be exposed to some incredibly, incredibly smart, talented people. And I never took enough advantage of it because I was always trying to prove who I was to them and get them interested in me. And in truth, I have much better use of my time would have been to just kind of learn from them. And I was too busy proving myself then to, uh, to understand the importance of learning from others. Yeah, that's, that's definitely really true. Um, what's interesting is that we ask all of our guests this, and a lot of them say, try lots of things, which that's that, what your advice is very unique. And I'm, I'm glad that we have some unique advice. I re- really enjoy that um, new thought perspective. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome having you on and learning about podcasting and how it's growing and just how to be a better podcaster. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I loved what he was talking about because I love remembering back to when you and I started the podcast. And when we were like, okay, let's start a podcast. And then both of us were like, where, where do we start? Like we had no idea the amount of research that we had to do. Um, but yeah, we did a lot of what mic should we use? What audio editor should we use? And, but I liked that he was saying that that's why he didn't write the book because technology at uh, this mic that everyone's recommending one year will be different the next. So he didn't write the book on that. And I love that he did the audience storytelling because he said that that hasn't changed for decades. So that was the thing that really stuck out to me. Same. I thought that was really interesting. And looking back on our press experience, starting the podcast, I would, I was like, going to like, how do you even get a podcast on Apple Podcasts? It's like, oh, you need Seriously. an RSS feed. What earth is an RSS feed? Like, what is that? Like, we had to yeah, go oh into a whole new technology. And obviously, we're not experts in this because we still make mistakes. And our editing's okay. I'm the editor, so I get to say that. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, it's it's been awesome, honestly. Like, once you get into the flow, if my advice to people starting a podcast is um, just get started, honestly. Because <laughs> the faster you get started, the closer you get to, like, actually doing what you want to do. Don't be scared of all the research and everything you have to do. Yeah, it was, I remember when we'd be like, you'd call me and be like, okay, so we've got to get something like an RSS feed. And I was like, oh, a what? Like, I I had no idea, but that I would completely agree with your advice. I was so overwhelmed by all the things that we had to figure out. But if you are starting a podcast or wanting to start a podcast, take it from the people who've done it. Like, just do it. You're going to feel thrilled about your first episode. And then later you're going to look back on it and be like, oh my gosh, that's so cringy. I hate that. But it's just, just do it. Like <laughs> the Nike slogan, just do it. Yeah. That's um, what I was just thinking about actually. Yeah. It's funny. Um, yeah. Like I, we look back on our first three episodes and we thought we were so cool when we released our first trick. This is awesome. We know what we're doing. We, we didn't. No. we still don't now we just kind of go we no, <laughs> we just kind of go with it no. uh but it's funny because our the interviewing techniques we use mr newsom was saying 
um, he told us afterwards that some of the best interviewing things, it also says this in his book. I was reading part of his book as before we interviewed him, you need to interview people in like, kind of like a story thing. And we do that. We've done that in some of our episodes, like Tyler Kluver. That was an awesome interview. I thought that was really fascinating, but like in our first few episodes, it was like, um, question answer. Like, Oh, do, 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 do. fascinating answer. Okay. Question. <laughs> no interaction. Yeah, that, um, but I think we've gotten better. That's that's just me. Yeah, I really liked his advice about not being the smartest person in the room and being like take advice from everyone else. Like that if you don't think that you're the smartest and you learn from everyone's perspective and you learn from everyone's knowledge and background and hobbies and their advice, that that will take you far. And I thought that was really great because I've been realizing that too. Like I'm not an expert in everything. And so I should probably listen to everyone. And that's over the past several months, especially this podcast has really, really benefited me. Same. You know, I think it was uh, Max Mirho. I believe that's how you say his last name. Uh, or Mirho or something like that. Very sorry if I mispronounced that. And it was one of our, I can't remember what exactly what episode that was, but he said, I'm an expert in nothing, but I kind of do a little bit of everything. And now I kind of feel like that's what I do because I program a little bit. I do a podcast a little bit. I interview people and I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room in like anything, uh, especially on this podcast. Cause like, obviously I don't, I know nothing about expert podcasting stuff as Mr. Um, Newsom knows, or I know nothing about social media's in and outs like Tim Kendall knows and nothing about the science of grit, like Angela Duckworth. I know basically nothing and a little bit of everything. <laughs> and that's kind of how we roll here. I'm exactly the same way. I have no one thing that I'm phenomenal at, but I can do, and I like to do a lot of different things. Yeah. It's, it's been a great experience and I definitely recommend starting a podcast for one of those reasons. So our announcement section I don't know. We have social media. We have Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Follow us all there. Aiming for Moon. Um, that's the number four on Twitter and Instagram. And on YouTube, it's Aiming for the Moon podcast. You need to make sure you have the podcast part. Otherwise, a song comes up that I actually have <laughs> yes. to listen to. Um, so, yeah, definitely recommend watching the YouTube and following us all Oh, they're not just because obviously you're following us, but it's cool to see our, the guests, like what they're, what they look like and interacting with us um, on YouTube. It's, it's really fun. I like that a lot. Definitely. And make sure to make sure to check out Mr. Newsom's book. It's, it's really cool. I've honestly enjoyed reading it. So yeah, that's about it. Rate, subscribe, do everything they tell you to do. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, subscribe to us on YouTube Check out aimingforthemoon.com. We have cool stuff there we always talk about. And yeah, don't forget, set your sights high and aim for the moon.